Hello, you sick and twisted fox. My name is Moti. I'm calling from Calcutta, India, home of the uh, Big Fucking Championship 2005. Uh, yes, you know, my mother is a cow. Uh, that is why we do not eat cows, because she was revived as a cow. So, you know, you guys are totally sick fuckers. I fucking hate you, and I hope your balls rot off and fall into your little sister's purse, you motherfuckers. Fuck you. Fuck Trucker Paul. Fuck Kendra. Trucker Paul's a fag. So it's fuck you, nah, his little son Big Mac. Fuck you from India, bitch. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? You seem like you're prepared and ready to uh, craft tonight. I'm in crafting position. Prime crafting position. I'm in the crafting cockpit. I think you're just excited about the uh, impending camping trip coming up this weekend. So excited. You're, dude, you're stoked. You love doing shit like that. I'm an outdoorsman. I don't know if you knew that about me. <laughs> no, I Like I'm, being outdoors. You know, well, didn't you used to camp when you were a young child, a, a, a young, wackerly lad? Didn't you go out camping with the, uh, the folks? Many times in my youth, I've been amongst the wilderness. So, and I understand. So you have a background in camping. You've slept in a tent probably many times. You've fished before. I own a tent. You even own a tent. I own a sleeping bag. Do you have a lantern? No. <laughs> so, okay. So that doesn't I, say I couldn't buy one before this camping trip. Well, so, okay. So the camping trip that's going to be taking place this weekend also involves whitewater rafting. Yes. So, and and it's... It's whitewater rafting down, like, treacherous rapids. This isn't just, like, cruising in a little canoe. Actually, I have no idea. We'll see. From, from what I was told, that this, first of all, costs, like, 250 bucks a person. Mm-hmm. You get a guide, you have to wear a helmet, and you, you strap yourself in. I don't even know if you're strapped in, actually. But you, you get strapped you, into a life preserver. Okay, you wear a life preserver, and the reason you wear a life preserver is because you could drown by getting knocked out of the boat into these treacherous rapids, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And That's you're paying 250 bucks to do this, and you're sleeping overnight in the mountains to do this. Why on earth do all of our friends think I would want to do something like this? Well, if you remember correctly, well, when this, what is when the this thought idea process behind up, this? That's you, what I want to You were asked to do it, and you said, well, maybe I will. And I said, don't. <laughs> you don't want to do this. I was doing that to placate everybody. This was like two months ago when the, the plan for this camping trip was germinating. We were all drinking. You were we were drinking. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Very similar to the deep sea fishing experience. Very similar. When I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds cool. You know, I can be an alpha male and go and, uh, you know, fish and kill things and whatever. Right. But now this camping trip, I was like, okay, so I went through that harrowing deep sea fishing experience. Never want to do that again. Vowed Denver to be back into nature. Right. And then, okay, so flash forward a few months, fast forward like a few months later, mm-hmm. and now it's this, this camping trip and whitewater rafting experience. And I said a couple months ago while we were drinking, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do this. 
And then as as, but as once we... again, I had to come in as the voice of reason, <laughs> saying, "D, you you don't want to do this. You're gonna have a horrible time, and I'm gonna have to listen to you complain the whole time." So I think I convinced you to just do the camping portion. And then and then I agreed. I was like, "Okay, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to handle the whitewater rafting." But even the camping portion, I said, "D." You don't even really want to go camping, do you? Well, and so, you know, as, it, as the date approached, you know, as it became like a couple weeks away, I was like, you know what? I agree with Wackerly. I'm not cut out for this camping at this camping business. I'm but, not uh, a camper. I'm not an outdoorsman. There's a slight difference, though, because I have been camping with you one time, and you seem to have a good time. At least you were very drunk. <laughs> That's what made it uh, bearable. Right. So I think you could still have a good time. Just... Go into it with a you know open mind. Well, so the okay. camping. So I wasn't going to do it because so it's this weekend, and I ended up having a tattoo appointment this weekend. I was like, okay, you know, I have a tattoo appointment. I at can't what point do it. on your at what spot on your body still needs a tattoo? That's what I don't get. Your <laughs> asshole. <laughs> do that taint area is still free. <laughs> Nobody's gonna see. That. I have a couple spots. I have some real estate that still needs to be inked over. But no. So regardless, it was like you know the day's approaching. I was like, okay, well, there's my excuse. Because I feel bad because one of our close friends who's organizing the whole trip is rather upset that I'm not going, that I'm backing out at the, at the last minute, as he said. Right. And Which so, is why I told you way back then, don't even tell him you're going to go because he's going to set all this up. There's going to be a spot reserved, and then you're going to back out, and it's going to be you know, on him. And which, which I told him. I was like, you know what? I will pay the money for the spot. Yeah, not, not the whitewater rafting. It's not about but, the money for him, though. <laughs> No, it isn't. It's about the sentiment. The camaraderie. And so I get this text from my friend that was like, if you don't go camping, I'm going to lose respect for you. Mm -hmm. It was classic extortion. <laughs> Manipulation. Manipulation. My, fr my friends were all talking about me this past weekend, and I already backed out of it, and now I, I kind of feel pressured to do it. So you I said, got pulled back in. <laughs> I got pulled back in, and so now I said, okay. I'll go camping with you guys. If it's, you know, if it's that big of a deal, I'll go camping. And, uh, you know, if, if, if it becomes a respect issue here, if you guys think I can't handle it, I'll do it. But I feel the reason you guys are peer pressuring me to go camping is for the humor. I think it's going to be, it's, it's, it's the butt of the joke. That's part of it. I guarantee that's <laughs> it. Because you know I can't handle nature. There's no cell phone reception up there. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm not even going to be able to text. You're There's be no out uh, of communication, incommunicado. I'm going to be incommunicado. I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere. And you know, it's it's funny because it, the last time I went camping, the only time I ever went camping was was in Michigan, which is the last time we we all went camping. That was in when ninety eight, ninety seven. No, well, yeah, ninety seven, ninety six. Yeah. It's been like ninety six or ninety seven. That was the last time I ventured out into the great outdoors. Yeah, the thing was, there was a lot of women on that camping trip, and there aren't going to be any this time. Which is another reason why I didn't want to go. It was, it was, it's just kind of like okay, a bunch of dudes in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like the Sierra Mountains. Yeah, just for two days. What do What do you do when you go camping for that long? Naked leapfrog. <laughs> It's uh, a bunch of brokeback mountain activities that you guys have planned. Let me just say this. What's, what happens on the camping trip stays on the camping trip. <laughs> it's like Vegas. These are my stipulations. A, I get to sleep in the back of someone's car because I don't sleep in the tent. I can't uh -huh. handle a tent. B, we need to have some kind of electrical outlet because I've got to plug in my hair blower. I don't, no, know, where, I don't know where that's, that's going to happen. not going to happen. You need to get a rechargeable hair blower. Sky said he's bringing a generator. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, then I guess my hair dryer will work. 
You know, that, for his be own fine. hair dryer or for other <laughs> devices he has. I'm joking about that. But I said, okay, I gotta, I gotta be able to sleep in the, in the back of a car because I'm not gonna sleep in a tent. You're scared of animals, or what's the reasoning there? Scared of animals. I don't own a tent. That means I have to sleep in the same tent as some as one of you guys. You're not sleeping in my tent. <laughs> no- <laughs> I, I will say that right now. And plus, you know, every time you hear about these camping trips, everyone gets wasted. Someone urinates the tent. Mm-hmm. And if you're trapped, tents are waterproof, so you're going to be coated in one of your friend's urine. Yeah, it's like a kiddie pool full of urine at that point. Yeah, so, you know, for me, I'd rather just sleep in the car. And not to mention, if a bear comes, it's not going to be able to come in the car. That's probably true. Yeah, so um, you guys will all be slaughtered. I'll get up and I'll just be like, all right, well, uh, let me fetch your keys here. <laughs> I'll be driving <laughs> Later. home. And uh, That's my a second good point. stipulation. Maybe I'll sleep in the car with you. Okay, well, you can have the front seat, but uh, I have the back seat. Laying down, I got the blanket. I'm all like prepared. You'll so, be drunk. I'll, I'll be back there with you. <laughs> Trust me. The second part is um, while you guys go rafting, we're going to actually be able to borrow someone's car. Me and the other guy that's not going rafting, we get to come back early. Because the, the rafting is on the last day. Yeah. Yeah. But my Good whole. for you. But the main reason why. I'm reluctant to go camping and reluctant to go out in the great outdoors. All these other reasons were peripheral. There's a, there's a main reason. There's an underlying reason why I'm averse to camping. And I think I might go back from like, you know, uh, pop culture, watching all the different horror movies. They're all based in the woods. I'm thinking most of Evil of them, Dead. Yeah. yeah, most things like that. Crystal this Lake. Is, this is what it comes down to. When you're miles away from civilization, you're stuck in the middle of the woods, it, come, it comes down to a tale of survival horror. Yeah. Think about it. It usually it, dude. does. Think about it. We're going to be in the if middle of nowhere. If movies are any, of any indication. Cabin that's true. fever. Um, yeah. Deliverance. <laughs> Deliverance. Case in point. So, what I'm saying, if I was, you know, in the tenderloin doing my regular thing, I wouldn't have to worry about survival horror. Mm-hmm. But being in the middle of the woods, this can happen. You would be the Ned Beatty character, by the way, in Deliverance. <laughs> if we had to reenact it. Squealing like a pig? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. But this is, this is my concern. So we're camping in the Sierra Mountains, right? The base of the Sierra Mountains? Oh, I think the tops. We're in a meadow up in the mountains. So we're driving up into the mountains? Yes. And do you recall what happened in the Sierra Mountains back in 1846? Hmm, well, let me think. No. <laughs> no, I don't. The Donner Party. Donner, not Dahmer, Donner. The Donner D-O-N-N-E-R. part, D-O-N-N-E-R. How soon you forget, not a student of history. No, I'm not. As, I wish I was. As if I am. <laughs> Being that uh, last show, I think I said Lincoln got, uh, if he was wearing a flak jacket, would have survived. <laughs> I think I was a bit wrong off that one. But um, what I'm saying is that uh, the Donner Party, the situation with the Donner Party, if you, if you recall, was a group of uh, settlers, settlers. That were settlers that were going through the Sierra Wagon Mountains during train. the winter. They were trapped and uh, ended up having to resort to cannibalism in order to survive. Wait, wait. You just said that very quickly. <laughs> they got trapped and they had to resort to cannibalism. Yeah, in order to survive because they ate through all their food and they were trapped out there two months in the freezing in cold. In the snow. In the snow. In the winter. Yeah. And so we're going, I guess it is summer, so I mean that, that might you know, aid the situation a bit. Hopefully. But we're only about 25 miles away from the Donner Party. That was right by Truckee, California. And uh-huh. we're, we're in... We're uh, close to that. I think we're kind of like, yeah, about 20 miles south of uh, Truckee. I think you're right. So the fact that the Donner Party occurred right there, I think... Bad mojo? It's bad mojo. And I think it's more than a coincidence that we're camping 
only 20 miles south. It well, could turn into a tale of survival horror. <laughs> First of all, we're all going to have cars. There will be multiple cars. I don't think all the cars are going to break down. But on the other hand, we all are going to be drinking heavily. And I, I've looked at people's list of, you know... Uh, provisions they're taking and it's heavily dominated by alcohol not so dominated by foodstuffs and i know people get the munchies yeah i think it's going to be there's going to be a lot of uh and plus i mean what let's say a bear comes along and uh takes all our takes beer takes all the food takes oh, all, all the beer <laughs> that bear's not gonna get away okay let me just say that but i mean it's it's okay it's not beyond the realm of logic that it might come down to anthropophagy the feeding of human flesh. Feeding on human the flesh. The feeding on human flesh. Okay. That's what happens when you're stuck in the middle of the woods. I That's what happened with the Donner right. Party. It's not like the Donner right. Party set off from the Midwest thinking, well, I think I'm going to end up eating my child here and uh, no, probably my not, nephew. that's the last thing they expected. And it's the last thing that we all expect, but you put yourself in this situation by going out in the middle of the wilderness like that. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this happened, it wasn't just the, it's happened all over the place. I mean, uh, planes full of soccer teams go down in the Andes. It's called survival cannibalism, Wackerly, and yeah. I don't think you're above it. Oh, did I, did I give the impression that I was above it? Did I, <laughs> no, definitely not. Cannibalism is ancient. It's uh, also modern, if you think of Dahmer and uh, Albert Fish and all them. But um, it could be latent, and I think it very much is, in every one of us. And as you said, um, you were talking about the, uh, the Uruguayan soccer team that went mm -hmm. down the Andes. Right. Recent events show that when the chips are down, even the most civilized humans will resort to cannibalism to survive. Yet we recoil from the thought of others consuming human flesh and refrain from exploring the possibility of our own ability to cannibalize others. Right. Well, you're a vegetarian. I mean, you'd be the last person to eat. Maybe you'd eat somebody. But I'd probably be the first person eating because I'm, you know, healthy. You're grass-fed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like free-range. You're like Kobe beef. <laughs> I think you're right. But Actually, you're starting to look like a big steak to me right now. I'm kind of hungry. I didn't eat dinner. <laughs> but cannibalism was a part of life and death for cultures around the world. Uh, those that gave it up as a practice did so unwillingly. And if history is any indicator, an end to cannibalism has not come. Now, really, all around the world? I mean, like, does this happen? Did this happen historically? Papua New Guinea? The Maoris? Right, but you're talking about equatorial, like, crazy motherfuckers who, ha who have, uh, to go back to an earlier subject, you know, there's magic mushrooms just growing in the, in the swamp that you eat, and then you get all fucking tripped out, and you think, like, hey, I'd like to gnaw on that dude's arm. Well, I think that's... I think that's did this happen in northern climes? Or is there, it's like a, a Viking... Uh, Norwegian analog to cannibalism? Did that ever happen? Well, if okay, if you're going, well, they said that the Egyptians used to uh, cannibalize certain people as like a sacrifice to Osiris, probably like the various eat the other heart, gods, eat the heart or something. But but right? that's different though, and that's a distinction must be made when you're talking about anthropophagy. There's learned cannibalism, customary mm -hmm. anthropophagy, right. and then there's survival cannibalism. So right. obviously, our culture, you know, we don't accept cannibalism. It's, a, it's not part of our, our customs. But survival cannibalism is what's going to come down to you on any camping trip. Right. And I feel it's not taken into account. I think everyone's just kind of like, well, let's just get some beer, and we'll go out in the middle of the woods, roast some marshmallows. Hot dogs. Hot dogs, stuff like that. But Not dogs in your case. <laughs> not dogs, tofu Garden hot dogs in, in, uh, in my case here. But I think people don't understand that, um, you know, people showing that they will eat one another. 
in times of strife. Like you said, raccoons might come and steal all the hot and or not dogs. <laughs> and then what happens? <laughs> then we eat somebody. Survival cannibalism isn't learned. It appears to be innate. It's also the one most easily forgiven in the minds of Westerners. And it's happened more commonly than civilized society would feel comfortable admitting. I think that's true now that we were willing to forgive, you know, a party that uh, goes out in the wilderness and, and, and they get stuck or lost and, uh, you know, two people have to eat the third or something, you know, like John the- Ritter and Chrissy eat Janet because, <laughs> you know, she was the least productive <laughs> member of the group. Probably tastes better than Mr. Furley. Oh, definitely. He's more like beef jerky. You carry him along once you start hiking. But, but I, I think in the past, when when societies were more Christian, uh, you know, like in the eighteen hundred, late eighteen hundreds, uh, you know, there were like a lot of uh, ships and and uh, naval voyages where they were trying to do the Northwest Passage, like get to China and India through what's now Canada, I guess. Where uh, they would get stuck and they would have to eat eat the people and then they would finally come back or, you know, like the remaining people would come back to uh, England and everybody would say, oh, my God, you're back. This is so great. How did you survive? And they'd be like, well, we had to eat like your brother. <laughs> and they would be completely ostracized. I think back then, like that person would be persona non grata. But then you, but but don't you think during the Donner Party time, even then people were just uh, completely just shocked and stunned at, that people were willing to resort to cannibalism in order to survive. So some of the people in the Donner Party did survive. That is that what happened? Well, so a little history on the Donner Party, striking example of survival cannibalism, and one of the first in uh, you know the front in uh, in the history of America. Well, first reported. First reported. Because so obvi- it was probably happening happening left and right. Well, the, the, that's the thing. It, it happened out to sea all the time. And yeah. Like there's the the custom of the sea included uh, general guidelines, drawing lots, which straws was the traditional method yeah, of deciding yeah, who would be killed exactly. and eaten. And who would carry out the killing? Usually the person with the shortest straw died, and the person with the next shortest straw was the killer. Uh, that tended to happen. So it was an unspoken fact of life in the event of a shipwreck. I still think some people resisted it based on the fact that they knew that like, when I get back to civilization and people find out that I ate this person, like, I'm never going to get a job again. Well, I mean, but, but the, you got to do something at that point. Like, are we all just going to sit here and die, or what? it's a last resort? Yeah, and, and that's exactly what happened with the Donner Party. So, the Donner Party in 1846, uh, they're a group of westward expansionists setting out for California from the Iowa territories. A group of 89 settlers broke off from their original party, and they took a shortcut through the Sierra Nevada mountains. That's a typical horror movie uh, scenario. It's a, Don't it's ever a perfect take the shortcut. You always get fucked. It's like instead of going uh, the southwest route, they were like, well, you know, we can just kind of cut through, uh, you know, cut through the Sierra Mountains. It'll only take us about a month. Oh, yeah. Just a month. <laughs> then look what happened. Uh, they were stranded in the mountains by a harsh winter and faced with starvation. The group splintered once again. As the weather grew worse, the original and uh, expedition section of the Donner Party depleted their food, their animals, and eventually turned to cannibalism in yeah. order to survive. Uh, so that's a funny point. Like they actually all already ate the horses and donkeys <laughs> once they, they get to the cannibalism part. They ate all the cattle. They ate all the ho- they ate all the horses and probably they, uh, all the like leather parts of their boots. And, yeah, it says know. they ate uh, the bark, twigs, boiled hides, even <laughs> rawhide. That's good. In, in order to survive. Just think about just eating your leather jacket over there. 
<laughs> just chewing on it. Yeah, well, this is pretty not good at all. It sucks. <laughs> There's got to be some nourishment, But at least though. I'm not having to eat Wackerly, the pickled punk over there. Because <laughs> I would taste awful. Seriously. Dude, I could just imagine. Yeah. Like tequila. Uh, completely without food for three days and on the verge of starvation, a suggestion was made to draw lots. The loser would sacrifice his life to save the others. Patrick Dolan, one of the members of this uh, splinter group, he drew the fatal slip, but no one could bring themselves to kill him. Uh, Malnutrition soon carried out what the group could not do. Two other men followed quickly, and then ten members of this group that that called themselves the Forlorn Hope, which is just a member of the the, uh, splinter group from the Donner Party, butchered their dead companions, then wrapped and carefully labeled the packages so no one would have to consume their relatives. (laughs) So you didn't have to eat little, yeah, you know, Sister thinking. Jane or But that's an interesting distinction. That's an interesting distinction that you just uh, made. So, let's say you're in the Donner Party. Like, y- y- killing somebody and eating them, you know, there's five of you and, and somebody has to die and you're going to eat the person who gets murdered. What if the fifth person just dies of natural causes? Now, do you eat him? That's two different things, right? Well, eating the person that- who already died or killing somebody to eat them. Well, I think that's why uh, they were reluctant to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the, he drew the fatal straw, and they're like, well, you're going to have to kill them. And you know they're going to kill the women first. More meat on the bones? Yeah, more meat on the fatty, bones. and fatty easier, easier prey. Yeah. Maybe they'll eat the kids first, actually, because uh, the kids are, you know, they they're just small, came to life. Though. They're I mean, smaller. It, yeah, I guess they're scrawny. No, no. You want to eat the big, huge, fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one. But no, I mean, I think that's... You know, obviously they're they're Christian. They're Jude- they have Judeo Christian ethics. They, they right. know that cannibalism is morally wrong. But like really, really Christian. I mean, yeah. these settlers were like, like, Purit- like Puritans, yeah. like puritanical. They had puritanical mindsets. So obviously they didn't want to have to kill somebody. They just make it matters even worse. Not only are you going to kill somebody, you're going to eat them afterwards. So yeah, if someone died, you know, that's uh, opportunism right there. Yeah, it's like now. Well, okay, that's, that's well, better, right? I mean, opportunism. Uh, well, yeah, it's better. Well, they're saying it's better for well for them, I guess, morally, even though they're still eating somebody. Right. Well, you eat the body of Christ every week, so. So uh, they were, <laughs> so they ended up being stranded. So eighteen days after they had started uh, feeding on each other, um, six survivors of the forlorn hope hope group here stumbled to a cabin and uh, repeated the horrendous tale of death and cannibalism, and that's how. Um, People eventually end up finding out about this. Uh, a rescue team found 48 survivors at the camp. So think about this. 89 people set out. Only 48 survived. Bodies had been spread on the snow and covered with quilts. Um, AIDS um, quilts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the second relief party, led by James Reed, reported that when they arrived at the camp, half-eaten bodies littered the ground, and survivors surrounded by the remains of their unholy feast looked more like demons than human beings. Just blood all over their faces and just hollow looks in their eyes. <laughs> just like just blood, like little streams of blood running eater. down. <laughs> well, I mean, after that, you got to look like you're a possessed human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, all the Donners actually save one child succumb, so uh, they all died. Poor Donners. Is that wonder, why they called it the Donner? Was it called the Donner Party when it left Iowa? Or is it called the Donner Party because they were the ones who all got et? Well, I think it was the, the Donner... I think the Donner Party was one of the, the splinter groups that took okay. off. Right. So I think there's like several parties that went off, but the Donner Party was like, yeah, a shortcut. It will make it through the Sierra Mountains. Little did they know they were going to be eaten yeah, very fuck the soon. Donners. But, I mean, this just shows what happens when, uh, you know, push comes to shove, you have no food. 
I mean, look at uh, look at the the movie that's coming out, The Road. Cormac McCarthy's book, The Road. Yeah. Have you seen the trailers for that? I've seen the short trailers, not the most recent ones, but I love the book. I mean, yeah, it's a great on. book. But in that case, a lot of, of people don't like it because it's so depressing. But very that's probably bleak. why I do like it. But I mean, at the same time, it, it it offered a very rational explanation of what would happen if there was a nuclear holocaust. Like, I think it offers a good explanation of just what life is like anyways. I mean, below the surface, like nobody's going to help you. No. If push comes to shove, you will be eaten at worst, and nobody's going to help you at best. But you'll be eaten metaphorically anyway in our society. So, I mean, it's – I mean, obviously in that – I'd rather be metaphorically than actually <laughs> – I'll go on record for, with that statement. But you look at the, the, these people, and so the story of the road was about a father and his son. They're trying to make it to the coast, and it was like you know for no particular reason, by the way. Yeah, never, but like, you're always asking throughout reading the book, what's so great at the coast? <laughs> oh, I don't know. They're just trying to get there with their goddamn shopping cart. And when I say goddamn, I literally mean goddamned. Yeah, God has damned the shopping cart. God has damned the shopping cart. And almost the cost them their world, lives. Yeah. But all these, there are all these roaming groups like. Of uh, of survivors that would just go around feeding on the weak people. It's the only protein available as other people. Yeah, because they had eaten all food and yeah. all. And, uh, I mean, all and all the other were... and all the other food has been burned to the ground. So it's as we were, as we we're saying, survival cannibalism becomes the last resort. Same thing happened in '72 when a group of 16 people, including members of a Uruguayan rugby team, faced a similar situation when a plane crash stranded them in the Andes Mountains in Chile. 70 days in the mountains, the surviving members of the team ate the flesh of others who died in the plane crash. Did they not like chili, or was it a, like a religious <laughs> uh, obstruction against eating chili? Do you think they cook, I love chili. Do you I would just eat the chili. Cook their special kind of human chili? <laughs> I mean, they probably didn't have any beans. Yeah, That's it probably the wasn't the same And thing. chili without beans just isn't chili, in my opinion. But think about this, though, Wackerly, and this could very well be the outcome of our camping trip. No food. You're stranded in the mountains. You're lost in the Sierra Mountains, much like the Donner Party, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's going to be summer, basically, and not winter. But under terrible circumstances, cannibalism seems like a logical step. Think about Looney Tunes cartoons. When Bugs Bunny or Elmer, Elmer Fudd used to find themselves stranded, and uh, you know Bugs would look at Elmer Fudd, he'd look like a pork chop. Mm-hmm. Elmer Fudd would look back at Bugs Bunny, he'd look like a, a pot roast. Right. You know, and uh, or a porterhouse steak. As terrible <laughs> as the thought is, it just makes keep, sense. Keep talking, grass, <laughs> My saliva ducks are working. But my question to you is: If worse comes to worse, Wackily, could you eat human flesh? Only vegetarians, because I don't want to pollute my body with toxins. So, what would I look like? A veggie burrito? A no, tofu no. hot dog? You, you're like, like I said before. Angus beef, Kobe beef, <laughs> grass-fed, top-notch. I just wonder, though, when it comes down to it, I mean, I guess it's, it, it's hard to say because it's obviously it's arbitrary. There's no way you can really predict the outcome of a situation when you're faced with surviving or dying. What are you just going to lay down there and die? But it's, it's definitely a last resort. No, I would eat. You would, you would eat? Would you eat the dead? I would start with the dead. And then it would be drawing The straws. recent dead. <laughs> Not too old. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I don't How care. long can the human body last without nourishment? Quite a while, I think. I mean, do you think... I, mean, I have lots of fatty deposits, as you can tell. So you would try to hold out as long as you can. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you asked how long you could survive. I want to survive and be, you know, comfortable. 
Yeah, but okay. So thinking about our party here, the uh, I don't know what we should call our party, but the Wackerly party that's yes. going camping. Yeah, I'm probably the least person you want to eat because I'm scrawny. There's right. no meat on my bones. But you're grass-fed. I am grass-fed. But, but actually, other people are, too. There's a multiple vegetarians. Pat's a vegetarian, script. and he's big. So don't you think Pat would probably be the first one eaten? Here's the thing. There's a little bit of... Um, what was that movie with Russell Crowe? Not the one where he's fighting around Gladiator, the world. Gladiator, that movie that you no. used to watch at night by yourself. No, not that one. The other <laughs> one. Um, Beautiful Mind. That has nothing to do with cannibalism. He was like a physics professor that was retarded, right? Oh, oh D. I will show you how it has something to do with it. I, I'm dying to see this tie-in here. It's game theory, right? So let's say half of the camping trip of the Wackerly party are vegetarians, <laughs> and half of them are meat eaters. Obviously, the vegetarians taste better, right? But I think game theory... But think di- about the protein. Well, you all have protein. <laughs> it's muscle. It's 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 flesh, fat, muscle. It's all protein. Okay. But the vegetarians are leaner. Right, but there's still muscle there, right. and fat. I see your point. Fat has more calories. It'll keep going for longer. But that's not my point. You don't see my point. Okay. Here's my well, point. I'm waiting to see the Here's point. Here's the game theory: a beautiful mind point. I think I might want to eat the meat eaters first because the vegetarians will be less likely to eat meat. They're going to hold out longer than the meat eaters. I see what you're saying because the vegetarians, not only – they don't eat meat. They don't only have the – So they're even more repulsed by the idea. They don't only have the stigma against cannibalism. They have the stigma against all meat-eating, flesh-eating, eating eating things with a face. Yeah, but I think I So I think I might want to eat the other meat eaters first just to like make sure I'm not eating. (laughs) I guess – but I mean at the last resort, don't you think all humans would resort to cannibalism? Even the vegetarians, yeah, at the last resort. But I want to eliminate those people who are like, would probably eat me even if it wasn't a starvation scenario first. So what would you start, how would you choose who you would eat? That's oh, my question. I don't know. I, would know. it be drawing straws? Would it be in terms of girth? Oh, yeah, I was going to say like, you know, nice fleshy buttocks. <laughs> 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 Plenty of meat on there. But, you know, in a fairness situation, yeah, straws, dice. <laughs> Flipping a coin. Well, I'm hoping that guess our... which hand <laughs> Simon says. I don't, there's a million ways. Rochambeau. Rochambeau. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping that uh, our cock. Camp... What is it? Co- <laughs> Wait, cock pussy bunghole or something? <laughs> cock... Oh, cock muff bunghole. Cock muff bunghole. Yeah, bunghole. cock muff bunghole might from Nathan I Barley. Got it out. Yeah, yeah, that that might actually work. Well, I'm hoping that um, our trip doesn't end up uh, resorting to. Uh, survival cannibalism. People will know chance. next week if only one of us are doing the podcast and the whole story is about how I ate the other person. Or, or maybe you ate the other person, but I'm not predicting that scenario. Well, people, it remains to be seen what the outcome will be from this camping trip. All I have to say is I'm willing to go into the wilderness one more time, but I'm thinking that, um, I don't know, I'm thinking I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. You know, I have, my, I have my reservations about <laughs> venturing back into nature. But it'll you know be, what? It'll be fine. You're going to get really drunk, puke on yourself, and piss in Pat's car. That's what's going to happen. Tale of survival horror, Wackerly. <laughs> survival horror. Yeah. Uh, people will be talking about it next week, so it gives you a reason to stay tuned. <laughs> this is episode 187 here of Sick and Wrong. Uh, before I do a recap of uh, last week's show and uh, reveal the voting results, a quick word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, who will be quite upset 
if their prize podcasters end up succumbing to cannibals on a camping trip. I do think we're their top advertisers. At least that's what our agent, advertising agent tells us, right? You know, she says that, uh, that we're one of the, the highest earning podcasts. So Here's what I imagine. You want to know why? Because our audience is comprised of perverts. <laughs> Here's what I imagine. We run out of food in the woods, right? People start eating each other. It's, it's chaos. And Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees are coming at us from multiple angles in the woods. And then all of a sudden, me and you are like back to back with shotguns or pitchforks or whatnot or flaming sticks fending off the hordes. And then the Adam and Eve helicopter <laughs> starts, comes down from the sky and says, come with us if you want to live. They throw down you, a, you a rope. You make too much money for us. And we go up the rope ladder. They throw a rope ladder made of dildos. Yes. <laughs> and we climb up it. And we escape to podcast and sell dildos. Another day, my friend. Well, hopefully that does happen. Hopefully that does happen. (laughs) (laughs) But in the meantime, people, go visit adamandeve.com. And uh, for a limited time only, take advantage of a special offer. 50% off just about any item. And if you order something right now, you not only get that item and a free extra gift, you also get three free adult DVDs and free shipping. So check this out. You get 50% off your purchase. You get three free adult DVDs. A free extra sensual gift and free shipping. How can you say no to that? You can't say no to it. I oh, know. You cannot e- say no. Even our Jewish listeners are like, that's a bargain. What a bargain. Total deal. What a bargain for me. So check out adamandeve.com for the special offer. Get 50% off your item when you type diddle for the offer code upon checkout. Uh, just use offer code D-I-D-D-L-E at adamandeve.com. Diddle. Diddle. Um, people, this is episode 187. A quick recap of last week's show, 186. Wackerly did a story about a the Chinese cure for internet addiction, which uh, you don't probably want. I did a story about a man who uh, shot up some fat chicks in a health club, and a listener sent a story about a really poor job a Bronx and Bomber did at a funeral. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, um, the listener won. I was actually kind of surprised. The Bronx embalmer. Beat both of our stories. Well, you did ham it up with the flies coming in and out of the skull and the, and the huge stitches and ble- oozing scars. Oozing on the scars head. and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. I, I think it Fair also enough. hit close to home because they could also, you know, they, they could have, they have a personal connection to that because they could have yeah. their own funeral. It's making so me the listener hungry. came in first with 111 votes. Wackley came in second with 104, and I came in third with 83 votes. Um, a couple nice pe- job, loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you lost with the mo- that like huge epic national story. It lost. I was actually kind of surprised. I think people are burnt out on it. I think people are burnt out, but they're also like spree killing. Meh. You know, it was a good story. I, I thought it was a great. They story. They were burnt out. There was too much coverage. You know, but had it was I overexposed? Had I known about the uh, the YouTube videos that came out after the fact? Did you see some of those? He made YouTube videos? Yeah, he went to like a dating seminar in Southern California. Oh and, and as part of their like uh, uh, homework assignments, they had to come up with uh, YouTube videos. Like one video was showing his home and how his home uh, was uh, comfortable for a woman. <laughs> and so you, you should have seen this psycho's home. People, if you can go see it, type in Sodini. I think it's YouTube, uh, you know, dating Mesh. seminar or something. Yeah, but you can find, the, you can find these uh, these videos on uh, YouTube and it is hilarious like he's walking into his he's, first of all he's got like this old CRT monitor on his computer he's like here's my computer 
And there's like 15 this, inch. Yeah, and it's this creepy like <laughs> cellar apartment. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's totally. It's like it's like Albert Fish taking someone on and being like, yeah, and here's a fat chick's corpse hanging from my, um, you know, yeah. the hooks in my garage. It's like MTV Cribs for psychopaths. MTV Cribs for psychopaths, exactly. But yeah, it was quite funny. We also had a couple other people write in and uh, explain that we didn't fully um, do enough research on that show. Uh, aside do we from, ever? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, what do you expect, people? <laughs> no, and we're Off not historians cuff, here. That's how we do it. But one of the things that I didn't know, and I actually should have pointed out, and I should have probably figured that out, is why Lynette Squeaky from was nicknamed Squeaky. Where yeah. did she earn that sobriquet? Did you ever find this out? Well, I just assumed she had a queefing problem, <laughs> as I think I mentioned in the show. Well, Brendan, the maintenance man in Cincinnati, wrote in. He said, Lynette Fromm was called Squeaky because part of her initiation of the family was to fuck Manson, and everyone in the house could hear the bed squeaking. Um, so really? apparently, yeah. That's the that's shittiest reason to be called Squeaky. Didn't everybody he fucked in that bed squeak? I wonder if all the guys in the house got to have sex with uh, Squeaky. I think... Probably all the guys in the house got fucked by Manson also. I mean, if David Koresh is any indication, those uh, megalomaniacs don't di- uh, differentiate between men and women. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I've heard. And the it's same a- thing with Jim, Jim Jones. Jones. Yeah, Jim Jones, he didn't differentiate. A uh, hole's sleep- a hole, as yeah, those exactly. guys say. Not me. <laughs> Especially a willing hole. Those dudes. Sleazy E pointed out that um, uh, family members of Manson kept the nearly blind octogenarian owner of the ranch that they lived on, on his side by having Lynette Fromm act as his eyes. And along with other women, they serviced the landlord sexually. For a tiny squeal, she would admit when, when uh, the landlord would pinch her thigh, Lynette Squeaky Fromm, one of the early family members who uh, had boarded the school bus, acquired the nickname Squeaky. So what, what ended so up happening... So there's competing theories of why she got the nickname. So the theory that Sleazy E posed, I think he found it from some website, or said made that... up. Yeah. No, <laughs> She would service the landlord of their ranch, and he would pinch her thigh every now and then, and she'd emit a squeaky sound. I like that story better than the squeaky... The squeaky bed, like, the, if the bed squeaks, it squeaks for all people. But do you deny that she was a slut? <laughs> no, why do you do that? That's why I think it's a, you know, I, I can understand, you know, how that could happen. That yes. she would have sex with everybody in the house in the bedroom <laughs> right. squeak, okay? okay? okay. People, right. you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackerly and I find the, find the most disturbing news items of the week. We present them here on the show. Audience votes, the winner gets a case of beer. Uh, we also throw in a wild card with a listener's submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Well, I don't know if you started last week or not, so why don't I kick off episode 187 with my story about a Polish delicacy. Do you like fagua? Do you ever eat fagua? I've, I've had it. It's, it's gross. What exactly I'll, I'll, is fagua? It's duck liver, sort of ground up. But it's a pate, though, right? It's ground up and put into, made into a spread. And like all, all liver spread pate is disgusting in my and opinion. It's just kinda, and it's kind of grayish. Like no, a like grayish it's brown, paste. Brown, brown, dark brown, light brown. What does depends. it taste like? It's just ass. I mean, it, it, it's, it's actually, no, I won't say that. The, when it hits your tongue, it's kind of good. It's full of fat. It's like the fattiest thing you can eat. 
And when it hits your tongue, it's good. And then it has this like weird fucking combination aftertaste that people who are really into food think it's the fucking greatest thing ever. But it just tastes like you're eating entrails. It's disgusting. Do you think it would taste better or worse if it was made from a dog rather than a duck? <laughs> I'm, te- I'm tempted to say it wouldn't matter, but I have to think it's probably worse. Because here's the thing. The liver is what like takes all the toxins out of your blood, right? So you're eating the thing that ta- it's full of toxins, and dogs eat a lot of disgusting shit, including their own shit. Or so I imagine I ducks think- do as well, but dogs probably eat worse Dog- things. Yeah, that's gross. Well, my story is about a Polish couple who are accused of making a dog meat delicacy. Very similar to uh, Fagwa. So I think this is Polish Fagwa here. <laughs> a Polish couple are being investigated by police after they're accused of slaughtering dogs to produce a canine version of one of the country's national dishes. Something's wrong with a country if uh, the following is considered to be a national dish. Smalek, or lard, is served with bread as a starter in Polish restaurants. So an appetizer in Poland is this this uh, stuff called smolek. And, and it's, it's lard. It's basically lard that you just spread on bread and eat. There's not that much difference between butter and lard. I mean, well, butter is... But isn't of, lard pure fat? Well, butter, butter is but, cream and... Butter and, is also almost pure fat, but it's milk-based. So you didn't have to, like, kill the animal to get the milk, but, uh, you know, lard is also, like, the, it's the fat from the muscles, right? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if you knew that lard was coming from a dog... Probably would you still would, try it? it? I'm not down with eating the dog parts. <laughs> I mean, I think the only person that probably would eat it because he had to is that Anthony Bourdain guy. You ever see that show, No Reservations? Yeah, I mean, he's one of my heroes, but actually. It, it's kind of amazing to me that that dude will pretty much eat anything. I saw him eating like a warthog, warthog's intestine. I would eat it. You would try this dog I bar. would try anything. I just did. wouldn't enjoy it. That's where we differ. You or know, maybe Wackily, I would enjoy it and I'd be surprised. You're probably not going to get eaten just for that very reason. Yeah, seriously. You don't want to eat the stuff that's been in me. I mean, not only the toxins that you consume on a daily basis. What? <laughs> drinking well, bacon vodka, by the way. Bacon vodka and Clamato. Uh, but the man and woman here uh, from a village near the town of Chestachoa face animal cruelty charges after police and veterinary inspectors, which I didn't even think they had in Poland, um, I think those Police? are called. I think, no. <laughs> I think veterinary inspectors are also called doctors. Right, uh, acting thing. on information from an animal charity, discovered evidence suggesting that they are producing and selling smolik, um, this lard-like substance made out of dogs raised on their property. Right. And norm, like I, I want to reiterate, normally smolik is fine if it's from a cow or something or a pig. It's or usually pig. it's typically made from. But pork. once you start making it from a dog. The poles have a problem. <laughs> Officials came across rotting dog remains strewn across floors and over 20 cage mongrels. I love that term, by the way. Some so obese that they could hardly stand. So they're overfeeding them so the livers get bigger and bigger. Bigger, just like they do with ducks. But wait, but, but we're contradicting ourselves. It's not pet. It's not foie gras. It's, it's fat. So there's all, so the, all they're basically it's just a, the dog is a big bag of much, lard. Yeah, just yeah. to squeeze it out at the end. God, I wonder how much they weigh when they can not even stand. What kind of dogs? Just mutts? They say mongrel. What's a, what exactly that's is a, a mongrel? That's a mutt. It's, just a, it's mutt. a street dog. Yeah. In another room, along with an axe, machinery, and bloodied clothing, police found what they described as a filthy fridge containing dozens of bottles of lard. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, one of the one of the policemen here said, "I don't even want to think about what happened here. It makes your hair stand on end." So apparently, they have the same sentiment as a lot of American policemen there. Yeah, Which Poles su- love their dogs. But this, this kind of surprises me, though, because this is the, Poland is considered Eastern Europe. Mm. Well, and you know the yeah, technically the sure. Eastern side. Right. So, so I'm surprised that eating dog would be, you know, that unheard of over there. Well, what are you conflating them with Asia, <laughs> where they just have no compunction? Well, so they're testing these bottles right now to see if they contain dog fat or is uh, when the suspect maintains pig lard. If confirmed, it would mean that dog consumption, which is more commonly associated with China and South Korea, right, still has a foothold in Europe. Smolik is generally made from pork, but police animal welfare activists believe the farm owners should start using dog lard to profit from old beliefs. Apparently still present in many parts of Poland and Eastern Europe, canine fat has special medicinal properties. Well, that's bullshit. Dude, say... That sounds like it's an idea straight out of Korea. Possibly, but I mean, dude, think about it. It's like, I think superstition runs rampant in that area of the world. Probably, yeah. And I mean, a lot of those people don't even have uh, motor vehicles. Well, they have tractors. (laughs) 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 I mean, (laughs) prized possession. I think it uh, makes more sense that the reason uh, they were using dogs is because it's also good business. A half-liter bottle can go for about 30 pounds. So uh, they're thirty they were English pounds. Thirty English pounds. What about so, how does that? What does it translate into? That's for like sixty euros. bucks. What sixty about, bucks. What about euros? That's probably what. Uh, <laughs> you so don't know. I don't know. Sixty about forty dollars. <laughs> forty U.S. dollars for a bottle of dog lard. Okay, it's not that bad. So as a vegetarian, I, I want to rank this article rather high, mm-hmm. but on the sick and wrong scale, you have to you have to uh, take this into consideration. These weren't. Human babies that they're no, but they're they're of. overfed, bloated dogs that they can't even take out of the cages. Yeah, they've probably just been suffering. And I think that, it bears mentioning that dogs are the only species in the history of the of the earth of the earth <laughs> that have like become you know lifelong bonded with human beings. They've decided that like we really like humans and uh, we're gonna go along to get along and. D, your dad, you know, a religious... Man's best friend. A religious man is a huge fan of dogs. He's a huge dog fan. My dad would be repulsed by this story. You've grown up with dogs your whole life. They've been supporting you. I love dogs. A friend (laughs) to you, and now you're going to, like, score this lowly? No, I'm not going to score this lower than I normally would, because animal cruelty always kind of... uh, Animal cruelty stories always kind of rank high here on Sick and Wrong. Because, I mean, it's disgusting. And to think about this, I mean... This is like This wasn't just one or two dogs. Yeah, this is an animal concentration camp. These dogs... It's basically like a fat camp for dogs where they're being overfed and slaughtered to make into lard. Which isn't like a fat camp for humans, because usually a fat camp for humans means they're, you, they're trying, trying to be skinny, make you not fat. So this is a fat concentration camp for dogs, <laughs> fat gaining concentration camp for dogs. Sure, I'm going to give this story a 4.5 because not only were these dogs being overfed and uh, kept in deplorable conditions, and then being slaughtered with an axe, Polish people were eating them unknowingly. Yeah, and like you know, putting it on bread, it's disgusting. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. What do you have for the story? 4.5, because also forty dollars per ounce or whatever. It's <laughs> ridiculous. What do you have for episode 187? I feel a little odd. I feel like I've been uh, railroaded into doing this story, but at the same time, I probably would have done it anyways. The, uh, this was—it's not a listener story. It's my story. 
but I have to say that I was tipped off by somebody. Which happens occasionally. Uh, a listener, Jared, from Lansing, Michigan, sent it to me and said, uh, I'm sending this to hold Lance to his word that he would read every infantilism story, which I still maintain as my creed. You did attest to that, like a few shows. Well, this is a while ago. But I do recall you doing an infantilist story and saying, I will read every infantilist story because you have some kind of grudge against them. I think they're ridiculous. <laughs> and I hope to God that they know that I'm out to get them. I think Uncle Wackerly used to wear diapers <laughs> and kick your ass with a cricket bat. Might have happened. Maybe not. Janet Schulte believed the man, uh, when he told her by phone that his 40-something disabled brother needed a caregiver who could bottle feed him and change his diapers. The brother. So this guy calls this, uh, this Janet Schulte. She was putting an ad on Craigslist and um, saying he's available to take care of children. So this guy calls her and says, uh, you know, I have a brother who's actually 40 years old, but he's childlike. He, he's mentally disabled. He's retarded. He needs uh, his diapers to be changed. He needs to be taken care of. I can't do it. Will you please do it for me? Um, you know, bless this woman's heart, but I could never do something like that. Yeah. Um, it turns for the worse at some point. Um, was he a murderous, retarded person? Because those no. some of those retarded people have like <laughs> yeah. a insane amount of strength, right? Like Carl from Sling Blade, retard strength. Yeah, she says. Janet Schultz says, "I consented to change this guy's diapers, but I legitimately thought this man needed help. How can that not be a crime for him to come into my house and expose himself? So already, you know, there's a problem." Okay, I'm, so this retarded person went into her house, whipped his dick out, and was no, and no, no, she no, was no, shocked no, no, no. by this? Here's what happened. And my underlining and outlining of this article is just horrible at best. Another so. famous <laughs> wackerly narrative. <laughs> um, the guy who called is the guy. That's, that's, the, that's the rub, right? This guy hired her to take care of, quote-unquote, his retarded brother, but he is the guy. He's an infantilist. Uh, let me get in. Let me get into this a little bit more. So the man, the caller, told Schulte that a car accident accident left his brother with physical disabilities, including weak arms, poor bladder control, and the mental capacity of a five-year-old. He told her how an aunt and current caregiver had no patience, so he was looking for a new one. Obviously, more caring, which more, is plausible. I mean, that's... more willing to wipe the shit out of the diapers. You know, a little bit of extra massaging around the balls, <laughs> more baby lotion. He offered this woman $600 a week. Got to have some extras. He offered this woman $600 a week to look after his brother. The man insisted that his brother could come to Schulte's house by himself because the aunt lived nearby and he knew the neighborhood. So already you notice that the caller isn't bringing his uh, five-year-old mentality retarded brother over to this person's house. He's just saying, yeah, my retarded brother will show up on your doorstep. So I don't get this. He can pilot the red wagon by himself all the way up the street to this caregiver's house. Or maybe just walk. <laughs> I find that suspect. <laughs> Schulte said the brother finally showed up one day. She had no suspicions. Uh, he showed up and spent his days at her house watching cartoons and playing video games, which is what I would do. Do you think he wore like a helmet and kind of acted retarded, a little bit of drool coming out of his mouth? That's also like what I Like Johnny would. Knoxville in that movie, The Ringer? Or um, Sweet D in uh, one of those episodes if It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where they, they try to be... get the disability. But I just insurance. wonder how much he hammed it up here at this point. I think he's probably played it subtle but true, you know? Don't don't overdo it because you'll give yourself away, but just be, you know. A method actor. 
a method actor, the Jack Nicholson of pretending to be a retard. Pretending you to be just a want retard. somebody to change your diaper. Did Jack Nicholson ever do a retard movie? Because you know Sean Penn can pull off a retard. He went full retard. He went full retard. And, and he missed the, the Oscars. That was discussed in uh, the Tropic Thunder. But <laughs> right. yeah. Jack he, Nicholson played, he played an OCD guy in As Good As It Gets. Oh, yeah, okay. I bet you Jack Nicholson. he a psychopath in The Shining. I bet you Jack Nicholson could play a fine retarded man. He's past his prime now, though. <laughs> Right. Can we agree on that? Yeah, okay. Schultz said the man who hired her always had an explanation for any red flags, like the fact that she never actually met him. But she tried to meet him in person, but their plans always fell through. That seemed normal to her, given their, given their competing schedules. He you know, pretended to be a very busy man. How was she compensated? Would the retarded guy have like a... Check, check stapled to his shirt. <laughs> I, so, <laughs> I just don't understand some this. Some cash in his crash helmet, maybe. It doesn't say. Um, eventually, uh, Schultz's husband started to get suspicious, right? Or just curious, I guess you'd say. Um, her husband noticed subtle changes in the brother's behavior. The payments uh, started getting erratic. So oh, the money okay. wasn't well, showing up. Uh, the husband's name's Randall. He hand fo- jobs aren't free. Yeah. Randall followed uh, the tard, or alleged tard, home one day when he left their home. Oh, sorry. Followed him one day when he left their home. Instead of walking to his aunt's house, where the tard was supposed to be going, the aunt probably doesn't even exist, the alleged tard got into a parked car two blocks away and drove off. (laughs) (laughs) At which point, the husband should be like, calling 911 and be like, there's a retard behind the wheel. He's going to kill somebody. (laughs) But actually, he was more astute and was like, I don't think this guy's really a retard. Um, he confronted the guy and, and called the cops at the same time. According to the sheriff's report, the man – and by the way, this guy who, who pulled this big scam – impersonated the retarded the inf- person. The infantilist who pulled the scam. His name is not being released because technically he has not committed a crime. He, now, pay, how- he paid this one for a service. She performed the service. Uh, he enjoyed the service. He, he, he probably just- had a boner the whole time. What, what, okay, so what exactly did she do for him? She changed his diapers? She Took washed care him? Took him, you know, washed him, bathed him, you know, patted his head as he fell asleep. It says that somewhere. This guy's like, an, this guy, you She know, did not do anything that you wouldn't do for a normal tart. She didn't jerk him off. She didn't orally pleasure Yeah, but him. she probably had to wipe around his balls. Yes. As you had testicles to do, were being rubbed. As you had to do for a normal tart. A little bit of baby powder. Yeah. Hmm. So, I wonder, so apparently that's not a crime if you're not really a tart. Wow. But, but so uh, the guy gets opens con- up a world of possibility. <laughs> but wait, though. So the guy gets confronted by the husband and the cops, and he admitted to the deception, but then blamed it on PTSD. <laughs> Without any further explanation. Uh, you know, he was never in what, what, Iraq. Was he in Iraq? Yeah. No, I don't no even... further explanation. It's just PTSD. Okay, so a crime might not have been committed, but does that exclude an ass beating by the husband? I think once the cops get there, you can't beat somebody's ass. Beat his ass, then call the cops. And maybe like give yourself a, a couple of bruises on your own arm to say, that, oh, he attacked me. Retard strength. Yeah. Uh, but he's not really a retard. That's the whole point <laughs> of the story. Shelty said his beha- behavior was never sexual in nature. Um, but she did post a warning on Craigslist because that's where she made this connection. And she said five women wrote to her saying they had nearly been taken in by the Deep. same scam. But she was the only one who actually was. Yeah. Talk about gullible. Some of these Craigslist posters are responders, and here's the key. Are you ready for the key? I'm ready for the key. Are you the key master? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm the gatekeeper. Some suggested that 
that it might be a, quote, adult baby or, quote, diaper lover fetish. Often, people with such fetishes want to be treated as babies and talk in barely audible voices as the man did. So this guy was deriving sexual satisfaction from this ruse. That's the theory. He's and, been, I mean, he's admitted to not really being disabled. And so. that's not considered any kind of sexual assault? No, the best that they can get him with, the best that they can get him with, they're trying to get him with fraud, but I don't think they can get you with fraud unless there's like a monetary damage, in which case... And she was being paid. She was being paid $600 a week, but here's what I would do. I would say, look, I wiped your ass and balls every day, you know, for three months or however long this was, and if I was a prostitute or one of these like uh, adult baby diaper fetishist madams, you know, the ones that specialize in that, I would charge you like 600 bucks a fucking hour. So you owe me the you difference me between six hundred bucks a week and six hundred bucks an hour, and that's where the fraud comes in. That if I was a lawyer, that's where I'd be going. This guy's an infantilist con artist. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, I would... Dirt, like 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 dirty rotten scoundrels, but instead he gets his rocks he's off by wearing a diaper. He's scamming her money. He's <laughs> yeah, I know he's not scamming, scamming money. Scamming her gentle caresses upon his anus. Well, he's scamming her compassion, and that's had, what I admire the most about this man. I wonder if she had to buy the diapers out of the six hundred dollars a week, or if he, you know, that was an extra expense that she could write off. Do you think he would purposely just go to his house, go to her house, and while she goes down there to like change a diaper, just quickly like you know, pinch out a loaf? I would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if I was into that, you say you'd want the most how, of your how money because she's saying there's no sexual behavior, there's no sexual nature of the behavior. But well, so you're an infantilist and you're not even gonna get a big boner, dude. I guarantee that guy. What's probably, the point? He had to have had a boner, and then after he left, he probably went to the car and relieved himself. No, but she's saying that his behavior was never sexual in nature. So I'm assuming there was never an erection, which goes back to my core infantilist point. These people have – all that's wrong with them is they have too much time on their hands. He's not even getting – he's not even like ejaculating. It's not like this is the only way I can come. I got to find a way to do it. It's like he has too much fucking time on Are his hands. Are you saying that this is not perverse? It's perverse, but it's a perversity based on idleness. So you're saying he's just lazy. Guy, he just wants to be – he doesn't want to wipe not, his own not ass. Not lazy, not lazy, idle. I, idle hands, idle, idle shitty hands. bottoms are the devil's, <laughs> are the work. devil's work. If this guy had to like work a farm or if he was like facing starvation, he's he's probably on like SSI or some type of welfare. And as, just has all this free time and is able to and come I up with some I am making a generalization, people. I think all infantilists and diaper fetishists are probably on welfare on the dole. Uh, you know, if he had to work for a living, he wouldn't have time to pull these kind of shenanigans. See, my point is... When infantilists start disrupting the private sector, that's when it causes a problem. I have no, I have no qualms with an infantilist who pays a professional dominatrix right. to clean up their diaper, and he pays. He's a businessman. He likes to wear diapers. That's what gets him sure. off. Right. I, I, I don't have, have a problem. With it, that's <laughs> I don't have a problem with that, but I do have a problem with this guy. <clears throat> yeah. who's pulling a ruse here. He's scamming, you know, hardworking. He's people. duping this hardworking lady who's like, okay, you know. I'm a compassionate enough individual that I'm willing to touch the feces of a retarded person. Well, well, for $600 a week. 600 bucks a week, <laughs> She's yeah. doing it's a job for her. And, but, but dude, it's, it still takes a certain, other, a certain breed. There's some other needy, disabled person who could use those services. Exactly, and her time is being occupied. So right. in, in that light, I'm going to have to give this 
Well, how long did he? How long did he uh, deceive her for? Like a period of months, right? Let's say a period of months. Okay, <laughs> three um, months. <laughs> I don't want to ask you up. to go through that outline that you made there. It's incredible. <laughs> um, I'm going to say I'm going to have to give this a four point seven five, just because really? he, he succeeded. I was only going to give it four. I don't know, dude. Four point seven five because he duped this woman so considerably that she actually cleaned his fecal matter out of his diaper. Oh, multiple times. I multiple mean, regardless times. of the months, this was going on for a long and time. And I don't deny that he, uh, you know, got off sexually off of this. I, I don't know, but not a boner. I mean, I, so you just enjoy it. I think maybe, afterwards, maybe the, memory, jerk off later the memory, the, jerk off yeah, later. The snapshot. Give okay. me a 4.75. I'm going to increase from a four to a four and a quarter. So we'll, All right. a four and a half on average, sure. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. I think We, do, know- we do have a YouTube uh, clip that I didn't put up. Somebody put up of us making fun of diaper fetishists before, and there's lots of funny YouTube responses from diaper fetishists. So I just hope this is amended to that page. Yeah, I kind of hope that someone else, um, yeah, will actually like add this clip to that <laughs> as because, a response. Well, what was funny about it? It's like you have all these people that uh, are YouTube members that they come on there, and I think they're infantilists because they're like, they, I mean, they're deriding us because they're like, oh, those people have no idea what infantilism means. I hope they're really infantilists and not just having a laugh. They might be having a laugh. <laughs> you never Who can knows? tell with YouTube. But I think I, I posted that on the forum, so people can yeah. go there and check it out. So the listener submission here this week came in from uh, Joseph Stalin. Really? Yeah. I had no idea that he could still send in articles via email from beyond the grave. Well, his brain's in a jar. Oh, okay. Well, then then maybe they have it wired up to like a laptop or something. Uh, Stalin writes in, Hey, Dean Lance, found this story, thought you might like it. British tourists had generals doused in booze and set on fire. Wow. That's an interesting dialect for Stalin to speak in. Yeah, I'm surprised. But Stalin <laughs> didn't like the Brits all that much either, though, did he? <laughs> no. Uh, British tourists did have his generals doused in booze and set on fire, according to a court in uh, Crete, which is uh, one of the Greek islands. Uh, uh, tourist privates had been doused in booze and then set on fire by a, cons- or a club goer who had been harassed sexually by the tourist. A holiday maker had his private sprayed with Sambuca and set on fire by a female Greek student named Marina Fanaraki. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a nice Greek name. Yeah. Uh, Marina Fanaraki, 26 years old, is charged with grievous bodily harm after the incident at the Electra Bar in Malia, which is actually um, a city in Crete. Plumber Stuart Feltham, only 20 years old, was taken to hospital with second-degree burns. On the last night of his vacation. He's a plumber, and his name is Felton. Yeah, Plumber Felton. Nice. Miss Fanaraki told the court that she was accosted from behind and shamelessly molested without even seeing the assailant. Mm-hmm. Little did she know that that's a courting ritual in northern England. I think that's how they attract most of their uh, northern birds. The bum poke. <laughs> they come up behind you and just kind of molest the bum. Right. Yeah, it, right. the, the northern birds do not complain about that type of courting ritual. No, I think they appreciate it. Whereas in, in the Greek islands, I think you need to be a little bit more romantic there, you limeys. She claims she had her back to Stuart when his hand forcefully seized her from behind and between the legs. Oh, in between the legs. That's a little far. I mean, a, the butt cheek is fair territory, but in between, I mean, we're talking about like the cheese panel. 
Yeah, but dude, some toothless wench from Northern England's like, all right, you mean sex then, governor? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, come on, bird. We're going back to the hotel. But uh, in... Uh, <laughs> Not so much in Greece. <laughs> in Greek, in, in, in Greece, I don't think that flies as well. I don't think that works. I yeah. think you have to give them some olives, some wine. Right. You know, you have Maybe to... put them up their butthole. Play it, yeah, and then they might you speak. You want to stay away Greek. from the vagina, but focus on the butthole. That's how they like it. The Crete University student claims she turned around to see Stewart exposing his private parts, shaking his member around, and inviting her for sex back in his hotel room. <laughs> so he had his dick out. He had his dick pulled his out. Todger. So he assaulted her. His willing. He assaulted her and then pulled out the old Todger. The old John Thomas was just shaking about. And you, you can already see, you, he was like, I mean, just picture this, dude. Drunken English lout. Right. You know, like. Ginger. Probably ginger. But mostly bald. Looks a lot like Prince Harry. But he's got like, you know, big sacks under his eyes. Already drank probably like. 20 pints. Right. Blood and, red iris. Which is fine, though, in Liverpool. Like, you know, you're in Northern England or in Wales. That behavior is perfectly acceptable. That's fine. And that, in fact, I think a lot of Northern birds find that attractive and they're right. aroused by it. They, they start. Wales you know, isn't in the north, by the way. Well, I'm just saying different Don't parts. Don't make me get the globe. I'm saying different parts of, of, of the UK. All of the UK. Is All of the UK. Yeah. And I'm saying it's sure. like that type of behavior arouses the UK females. Right. But in Crete, I think it's kind of shocking. And you could totally see him just kind of waving his toddler around being, it's not going to suck itself, birdie. <laughs> I didn't pull it out for fresh air, mate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, she was definitely stunned by this. She admitted dousing him with her Sambuca drink in an effort to stop his antics, but denied setting him on, fi setting him on fire with a lighter. In a statement, she told the court he's completely drunk and must have set fire to himself while trying to light a cigarette. Now, this is, is this case being tried in Greek court, uh, Liverpudlian court, or <laughs> European Union court? Because that makes a big difference. I think this is actually being tried in court. Or in Crete. It's being tried in Crete court, court in Crete. Crete, Crete yeah. Court. yeah, so she's going to get off. She's probably hot. Well, He's and, a mess. And not to mention, I think Greek tourists are no or British tourists are notorious for uh, they have rambunctious behavior right. in uh, Greek Once islands. they're outside, you know, it's like outside of the, the Emerald Isles, you know, like anything goes. Well, I've, yeah, I've heard that, uh, you know, they they're Greek or British tourists and German tourists. German tourists in Mallorca. Really? I've heard um, the worst. are notorious. Oh, no, I've heard the British tourists are the worst. <laughs> but but the German ones are right behind. Them. The German ones, I think, are a close second. So, Miss uh, uh, Fanaraki's lawyer here, Nikos Manadakis, said Stuart was probably having a farewell fling on his last night in Greece, leading him to a state of total drunkenness and excessively lewd behavior. Well, I can forgive that. That's completely atypical of an English lad. I, c I couldn't imagine that. A state of total drunkenness? Yeah. Makes no sense. Who wouldn't do that? But Stewart's lawyer here, George Kondurakis, told the court in Crete, my client was totally unjustifiably assaulted by this, by this woman. The young Briton did not sexually harass her and did nothing to justify such an attack. So, I, I, I mean, it all comes down to who lit it on fire, right? And that's what it is. It's her, his word against hers. Um, not only did the, his lawyers claiming, not only did she throw alcohol over him, she actually set him on fire with her lighter. And it's 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 horrible that uh, you know she set his willy on fire. But how else well, is she going to stop his advances? We don't know it. 
Well, she I mean, just she just according to her word, she just spilled the drink in his lap, which that and was, then he tried to light a cigarette. But what did he try to light a cigarette by sticking it inside his urethra? <laughs> hey, he's from the north. <laughs> <laughs> it's a parlor trick. He up is there. Northfolk. Uh, Stewart's dad here, Ian of uh, Swindon, actually. So I don't know is Swindon a northern town? I have no fucking idea. He claims I'm completely disgusted by what these Greeks have said. We've got witnesses who were there. He's not the kind of lad that gets in trouble. He was burned from his neck to his belly button, and his hair's been singed. Well, so he's poor relying, English boy's the victim. Well, he's relying on this dude's friends. Like they don't yeah. caress each other up, dude. I'm sure they were as drunk as he was. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, the funny part about it, it's his dad. It was like I remember when I was in Crete. <laughs> I felt some Betty, some Greek Gina. It was the hairiest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> But good, thought, good, Harry. I thought it was a man, China, when I first laid eyes on it. I thought there was a cock up there. It was just a huge clitoris. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying, son? On the sick and wrong star scale, you know, dude, I actually do have some pathos for this poor English plumber. Really? Think about I'm, this poor I'm English plumber. I'm with the hot Greek bird. Yeah, okay, you can side with a hot, hairy Greek bird. But all this guy was doing, he's used to his courting rituals that take place in Northern England all the yeah. time. So you're you resorting to cultural relativism. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, think about this, dude. You drink 10 pints of wife beater, 10 pints of Stella in England, and then you go up, you grab a girl in her crotch, and in Northern England... The cheek, though, the cheek. Yeah, the, uh, the cheek of it, you know, I understand. Here's what might have happened. The English birds, butts, asses, you know, butt cheeks are usually bigger <laughs> than the Greek birds. So maybe he went in thinking he was going to grab some cheek. There was no cheek there, and his hand went straight to the vagine. Hey, and in that case, I also cannot hold him at fault. The reason I, f- I feel is, in his mind, he felt he was just hitting on a girl like he knows how. Right. You know, you take Tarzan out of the wild, and you introduce him to a woman. And he's, he's gonna going to fuck a monkey. <laughs> he's going to fuck a monkey. I mean, right. that's, that's just how it is. He was, sure. he was a fish out of water. And so, in that case, I'm not going to give this, like, you know, I'm not going to say what he did was egregiously wrong. But being lit on fire, yeah. could you imagine the pain yeah, of having that. that Tadra on fire? I'm giving this four stars. And he, I'm assuming he wasn't shaved in his pubic region, so the, the hair is lit on fire. <laughs> Just yeah, big ball of flame, like Michael Jackson's hair in a Pepsi commercial. Oh, now they put it that way, 4.5. All right. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. People, go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 187. Well, we are running out of time. We've got some phone calls to Sick and Wrong Hotline, a couple emails to sickandwrongpodcast at a hotmail.com. Before we get to that, Here's a quick word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Hey, you fucking cocksucker, milky liquor motherfuckers. Hey, go to AdamandEve.com. Type in the word diddle. Don't ask me what the fuck it means, but just type it in anyways. It has nothing to do with what your uncle used to do to you. And uh, just make sure you don't do like what I did. Go to AdamandSteve.com. That's fucking gay. Well, take it from that guy. Do not go to adamandsteve.com. Go to adamandeve.com. You know, Adam and Eve does have a mail site. It's called Adam Mail. Well, what? Ask me how I know that. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, how did you find that out? Because it's advertised in the side banner. Advertised in the side banner. Yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> By which I mean, I have my fingers in my ass and was looking for mail buildings. <laughs> He's looking for shemale porn. Uh, people, uh, we got a number of phone calls to Sick or Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. 
Uh, I know we got some old callers and some new ones, so Wackley, why not play call number one? Chucker Paul. Chucker Paul. You guys are talking about that show obsessed. And I'll tell you, I don't even think I can watch that show. It drives me insane, these fucking morons. That's why it's so good. But that one chick that, like, cleans out her ass with her toothbrush or whatever. <laughs> can you imagine dating this chick? I'd constantly be putting, like, X-Lax or some other, like, colon cleanse shit in, in, and then just laughing as she shits all over the place. That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> so Trigger Paul would take lemons and make lemonade. <laughs> Wouldn't really be so concerned with her well mental welfare. I would take full advantage and uh, toss that salad, dude. Because it's clean. Is what it's completely clean. You'd never have to worry about it. <laughs> There's like blood. She doesn't have to do an anal it's douche. scabbed up. Yeah, a little blood never hurt anybody. You don't care about that? Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah I like messing with, with these people. See, you were talking about um, the toilet seat and the, the little O-ring thing you guys lay down or you build a nest. Uh, I just, I gotta let you know that sometimes they, they, you can climb up on the top of the back of the toilet and I do it and then I piss all over those fucking things. <laughs> or I Wait, hold, hold up one second. He's saying you climb up on the back of the toilet? No, no, here's what he's saying. Those the sani, what do you call them? The sani The sani guards or whatever. Those it, it's like, the yeah, donut-shaped prote- wax yeah. paper thing that you put on the toilet seat so your ass cheeks don't have to touch the seat. He's saying that those are normally located right behind the toilet. Oh, so, so he, he stands cl- up on the toilet seat and pisses all over them. <laughs> Which is I why can, I can p- you know. picture Trucker Paul doing this. Yes. He's a large man. He's a large man. <laughs> I'm surprised the toilet, the toilet itself doesn't crumble underneath his garret. <laughs> but I still believe that he does it. Yeah, no, I, I don't doubt it. He's in there. Wipe my boogers on him. <laughs> so, uh, they're probably dirtier than the actual seat itself. Yes. Uh, hope you don't catch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last time I ever shit at a truck stop. That is the last time I ever shit at a truck stop. Well, you know, Trucker Paul gets around. Don't just assume he's just in truck stops, okay? He could be in your office right now. I mean, I can't. I, I mean, okay. like sleeping under your right. desk. I take that <laughs> back. For you. That's the last time I ever shit at a truck stop or a Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, it's going to be on the side of the road when I go on a road trip. Yeah, you're probably pretty safe. You're probably safest just by using the Trucker Paul Walmart bag method. Yeah, no, I mean, this was the man that invented the most uh, fail-safe way to uh, take a shit on the road. He's the guy to listen to. Yeah. Thank you, Trucker Paul. It's always good to hear from you. And uh, sage advice there, people. Uh, What's call number two? Hey, Dean Lance. It's Nikki from New York calling in uh, to comment on something you guys touched upon briefly in episode 186 regarding ridiculous black girl names. It's a trend that drives me crazy. I absolutely hate it. And the worst part is these ridiculous bitches will try to convince you that their fucked up name has some pseudo-African origin, which we all know is complete bullshit. You know, basically, your name is Shaquanda because your mother was a misguided teenager who shouldn't have been allowed to name a goldfish, much less a child. So that's why you have that name. And that's why you're screwed. Anyway... Sorry for the rant. It's just near and dear to my heart. Um, and I think it has to stop. 
Anyway, keep up the good work. As always, I'm a loyal listener and can't wait for next episode. Bye. Well, thank you, Nikki, and we always do appreciate the rants. I just wonder, what's the source of this hatred? Well, I mean... What's the source of this discontent? It's all well and good for her to talk, because she has the hottest name ever. Nikki? Yeah, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki is a hot name. I mean, Prince wrote a song about it. (laughs) Yeah. But no, what I'm saying, though, it's like, what, what contact does she have with some woman named, like, Shaniqua or La Fonda? Well, she's a black girl living in New York, right? And so she's just offended because they have these names and claim that they're African? Did did you yeah. yeah. No, I guess I could kinda see that. I mean <laughs> she's sick of it. Is it does she have to have like some deep seated reason to be Okay, but so are you it? saying that a black girl can't be racist towards another black girl? I I don't know if I'm saying that. <laughs> She doesn't know about the fucking beer summit. The beer <laughs> summit cured racism in this country. Okay. We, when Obama, so nobody's allowed to be pissed off at somebody's wacky name? Yeah, you're not allowed to be pissed about anything if it has to do with race. So what I'm saying is when Obama, when Obama was right. elected president, racism was abolished. Speaking then it of, came back. Speaking of fucked up faux African names. <laughs> then it came back. Obama. Well, dude, he's not even American, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> he was born in, what, <laughs> Egypt? Uruguay or something. But so he, so anyway, racism reared its ugly head again with this whole Gates thing and the cop. Right. And then it was solved once again with the beer summit. Well, so, Nikki, Obama, Obama slapped racism down like a pimp slaps a $5 bitch With down. a Bud Light. Yeah. Yep, by drinking that Bud Light. So, Nikki, um, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to live with LaFonda, Shaniqua, Starkeisha. Yolanda, Starkeisha. Yeah, those are just names that are going to be uh, prevalent in this society. I kind of hope that more white people accept names like that. Why shouldn't they? But white people accept names like... I think like, a white person who doesn't name their kids something like that is a racist in and of themselves. Well, I think white people like Angelina Jolie and, and Gwyneth Paltrow name their kids like Apple Blossom or something. And that, I think, is equi- the equivalent of naming your kids Starkeisha. Sure. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. Uh, call number three. I think we have an addition to the uh, blue collar sick and wrong heroes here. Working class hero. Working class. Right. Sick and wrong. Working class hero. Uh, yo, sick and wrong. Poor uh, so screw up here on the forum. Uh, anyway, so I don't really have like a dead body story about like human body, but I'll tell you what: I'm a garbage guy, and I do a lot of things. So, like, just really about two weeks ago, I uh, was emptying this can, and this person, this dude, I don't know, some trailer trash motherfucker, could uh, throw away his dead dog in the can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only to bet it's not his dead dog. It's probably either his wife's dog or his kid's dog. He does not give a fuck. Or the dog that he ran over with his mini truck. Sure. That's probably what happened. Ford Ranger. Now... And uh, in the back of the truck, right? And I'm one of those garbage guys that has to actually throw the can in the back so you see everything. I don't have the automatic on. Like, He's old school. He's not the driver. He's the guy who hangs off the back end. So he hangs off the back and actually picks up the cans and empties He them. sees all your shit. If you have kitty porn, <laughs> if you're a single dude living in a house and you wear panties and shit them, you know, he sees all and that. And you throw them away, this is the guy that sees it. He sees. He knows you better than you know most people know you. He probably knows you better than your own mother. Right. Oh, definitely. I hope my mom doesn't know all the shit that's in my trash. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does your mother even know about this podcast? Fuck no. <laughs>
I'm always amazed that your dad does because you actually had him on. Like, what what was that decision based on? No, my no. You know what though? The whole time that I worked at the strip club, my dad thought I was working at a disco. No, 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 no. That's incorrect. He convinced himself that you are working at a disco. So do you he think, knew where you were working. So do you think he convinced himself that this is a prestigious radio show that's kind of yeah. like a career path? Yeah. You think he thinks we're broadcast on AM all over the country? Yeah, how wrong he is. <laughs> right. Dude, it's kind of nice that we have a uh, garbage man to add to the sick and wrong working class heroes. Yeah, we're really filling out the roster. I mean, we have the street sweeper. A plumber. Pizza uh, delivery guy. Pizza delivery guy. And, uh, so I can barely even name all. Stevedore. Ball, Stevedore, ball. yeah. No, we have, uh, we have a number of uh, sick and wrong working class heroes. And what I love about a lot of sick and wrong working class heroes is those guys have real tried and true stories. And, right. you know, they, they encounter this type of stuff on a daily basis. The thing is with this guy, and I think a lot of people should understand and appreciate this, don't fuck with the garbage men. They're doing you a service. That is completely necessary. And they kind of hold you by the balls. Yeah, totally, dude. They could just stop picking up your trash. They could stop picking up your trash, or that guy could go get some kitty corn and stick it in your trash and then call the cops and say, look what I found. Yeah, and immediately take it out and be like, oh, look at this. <laughs> no, I mean, they could do this. But yeah, I mean, think about it. If, if uh, Al, was that his name, Al? I don't know. If Al <laughs> decided that uh, he was like, you know what? I'm not picking your garbage up anymore. Right. If you keep throwing out dead animals in the trash and expect me to take them, you're not getting your garbage picked up, what would you do? Or you Where know, would you put that garbage? <laughs> in your neighbor's case. <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought. But uh, yeah, or you could just spread garbage all over your yard every day and be like, yeah, well, you didn't pack the can very well, you know? I don't know. Like the, the, I, I don't fear garbage men, but I respect them. <laughs> I respect the bin men. That's kind of the opposite of what Machiavelli would have recommended. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can kind of see that, but I don't know. I don't think uh, Machiavelli ever had... A garbage he, man? I don't think he ever had a garbage they man. They didn't have municipal waste disposal back no. then. and that's why people died from the pestilence. <laughs> when I'm saying this guy is the doing... The bubos? <laughs> bubonic plague, man. Yeah. This guy's doing a civic duty. He's helping you out. Respect garbage men, people. Well, I want to close this, this call section out with a little bit of a change. Because we got all these working class heroes... And uh, lately, I don't know if you noticed, but we've been getting some, you know, w- you know, white collar slash professional heroes. We got the podiatrist. Oh yeah. And maybe a dentist. We used to have McCuck, but that was a long time ago. We, you know, we had a. Oh uh, yeah, those guys were lawyers. We actually have a, lawyer, a couple lawyers listen to the show. We also have a, a psychiatrist that uh, yeah, sent an true, email true. to the show. So yeah, I mean, we do have a. It, I don't want to say the upper echelon, but we do have another level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you of a uh, motherfucker. It's not upper. <laughs> it's just a different thing. A different, different level. Well, here's a guy from that world. Dan Lance. 
Blake the insurance guy. I just and I think I've mentioned that I uh, typically dress like an insurance salesman, and an out of work insurance salesman. You dress like an alcoholic insurance salesman. An out of work alcoholic <laughs> insurance. Why do you think I'm out of work? Okay, so I can I know exactly what this guy looks like. I just wanted to call and tell you that your listenership is improving. You're moving up the social status with higher incomes and better occupations that listen to your show. I think you guys are doing a excellent job, and I really enjoy listening. Uh, to give you a little sick and wrong story that I can pass along, I got a shit story for you. Uh, you know what cracks me up? It doesn't matter what strata of society you no, are no. or that, you, that you're at. You still have a shit story. Right. That's the, that's the one common bond between all people in all levels of society. Well, a lot of shit stories happen in college, and typically, you know, college is You're just starting with, out. with a white collar, uh, you know, whatever, professional level. Yeah, and so, and, and, but I mean, but what I'm saying is, like, we'll get a call from someone who's a pizza guy. He's like, yeah, one time I shit myself while I was delivering a pizza. <laughs> now we're getting a call from an insurance guy. It's like, I also have a shit story. I've also shit myself. <laughs> I mean, this is probably the guy who put the, the common fucking, bond. This is probably the guy who put the dog in his trash. Right? <laughs> it's not that differentiated, our society. I mean, we're not India. Um, I was driving home from my friend's house one night. His grandmother is Cuban, of Cuban descent. She made some Cuban chicken and rice. It was extremely greasy. And after... Pollo con arroz, that's what it said. What's it called? Pollo con arroz. No, dude, that's called pollo loco. (laughs) After I left his home, I felt a little bit of the bubblies in the stomach. The bubblies? I knew that there was a Denny's maybe two miles from where I was, and I thought... Dude, you just fucking ate. This guy must be a fucking pig. Yeah, but maybe he has irritable bowel syndrome. My sister... Oh, you think he's looking for the toilet? Yeah, dude. I don't think he's going <laughs> oh, to oh. Denny's. Did you say I bag- thought he was saying he just said he was looking for some moons over my hammy. No, he just mentioned that uh, he had a bad case of bubbles. Oh, right. Now I got it. Sure. Yeah, bubble guts. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. And I thought, well, I can make it there. Well, before I made it there, I realized it was either on myself in the car or... Uh, somewhere outside of the vehicle that I was in, so... Do you think he has those tidy whities insured? Well, you know, I think... (laughs) (laughs) He didn't insure the underwear? No. There's probably an actuarial table about, you know, whether it's better to shit on yourself or out the window. It's like damages that would be incurred. Yes. Uh, Cross the zero point. (laughs) Carry carry the three. (laughs) I stepped outside of my vehicle and long stream of liquid goodness uh, along the... Is it really that good? No, <laughs> it's badness. Nobody thinks that's good. ...along the side of a railroad track that I was trying to drive over. Fortunately, it was night, and there weren't too many lights, but it was a little tedious worrying about the cars that were coming and the uh, passers-by that might see my horrendous act. Anyhow, it was better than doing it on myself in the car, and uh, I got to go home with a little stain instead of a large one. Talk to you later. You guys are awesome. This is Insurance Agent Blake. Bye. I love the fact that that's his insurance guy voice. 
Yeah. No, because I, he's like, you know, a family comes to him, has an insurance policy, and he's just like, uh, well, I uh, understand that uh, your grandmother was on a train that uh, derailed because there was diarrhea it's a matter on of the fact. tracks, it's and uh, <laughs> the train went off the rails. Your grandmother died. And, and who um, knows the origin of that diarrhea? We call that an act of God, and, you know, we'll give you five bucks, and it's better that you have, a, you know, a small amount of payout than uh, no payout at all. And and uh, thank you, I'm Blake, the insurance guy, and be gone from my office. That's all you get. I'm surprised, though, that Blake, the insurance guy, would park his car on the tracks and take a shit on the train tracks, rather than, like, maybe pull up an, you know, another 20 feet and take a shit behind a bush. Are you saying the insurance guy lives dangerously? I'm saying he lives he, on the edge. He, he takes he, some risks. He's taking enormous <laughs> risks that are not insured. This is an uninsured risk. Yeah. Well, maybe his well, car's you know, insured. Maybe his car's typical. insured. But think it about it this way. Edge, like all insurance guys. Let's say Blake would have, would have been creamed by a train, and he would have died with his pants down, covered in his own shit. How would you explain that to your wife, your girlfriend, your siblings? Everyone would be like, well, he was found by the train tracks. His pants were down. And... uh yeah, he was covered in his He's own getting feces. bummed by a hobo. <laughs> that's exactly that's what people would say. Yeah. I don't know. If he that's what you're trying edge. to get me to say, that's what I said. Yeah. I'm like no. a trained monkey. <laughs> I, said, but I think that's what people would say. It'd be like, you're getting bummed by a hobo. And that's, that's what happened, Blake. Now, would the hobo bum you with his cock or with his bindle? I think, would use, I think it would use both. Start with a bindle, end with the cock. He'd probably start with a bindle to loosen you up and then end with a cock. Yeah. You know, sure. just to finish the. Team. I agree. What you think? I'm going to argue with you about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Blake, the insurance guy, for uh, calling in there. It's 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 kind of comforting to know that yeah, we have a a different audience as well. Yeah. I mean, we have a very eclectic audience out there that listens to Sick and Wrong and appreciates the show. Sure. And we invite callers from all walks of society to call in. And share some shit stories, because that is the glue that holds us all together. Yeah. I would like for a noble to call. <laughs> or a pope. <laughs> you mean, are you talking about like British aristocracy? Well, there's, there's multiple royal families throughout the world. You know? so yeah, some no, no, then, Somebody of noble origin. Noble the, descent to call in. The gentry? In. Is that what they're called? The landed gentry? <laughs> yeah, they, I, but I mean, the, for them to call in and share one of their shit stories. Well, <laughs> I would like to tell you, I was on my estate and I shit my pants in the fox hunt. I tried to make it to the chamber pot, but I just couldn't do it. I could not get my riding jodpers off <laughs> before I shit myself. <laughs> Well, don't hold your breath, Wackerly. I doubt they're going to call. <laughs> yeah, I can't. People call us Sigurong Hotline, 206-666-3846. We always love to hear from you. We got a couple of emails here to Sigurong Podcast at Hotmail.com. I'm going to blow through these right now. We got one that's actually quite interesting. It talks about a finger in the arse from a female perspective. A finger in the bum? A finger in the bum. A finger in think, the bum? I think we've discussed finger in the bum. <laughs> a finger in the bum? Finger in the bum. Several times we've discussed finger in the bum on the show and how we kind of fear the finger in the bum. I think there's been multiple remixes with the finger in the bum. Finger in the bum? Yeah, finger there the probably bum. are more to come. Um, the, the girl here writes in, I just discovered this podcast and listened to old episodes, obviously. I'm a huge fan Which of... Which podcast? This one. Oh, this one. <laughs> what we're I'm doing. A, okay. I'm a huge fan of the finger in the ass during a blowjob. It's very intense and pleasurable when done properly. 
I thought at first she was saying she was a fan of having a finger in her ass. I'm confused. But no, she's saying... How do you saying, give a blowjob to a chick? Well, she's saying she's a huge fan of, of doing giving okay. a finger in your... Sticking a I mean, finger why, in your why, ass why while she's giving a blowjob. Why does she care? I don't know why she would <laughs> derive this much pleasure from it. But she explains her technique. So listen up, ladies. I start with pressure and small circular movements at the opening without trying to insert it. Did I mention she's a proctologist? No, is she? Or are you just making that up? I was making that up. The muscles begin to relax and draw the finger in. I slide it in until I meet resistance and then relax the muscles with circular movement until I have my whole finger in. I work the prostate gland with pulsing circular movements on the front wall and slowly slide my finger in and almost out. There's a higher concentration of nerve endings in the anal area than almost any other part of the uh, male body, which explains the intensity of sensation. I've never met anyone who didn't enjoy it, myself included. So she's into uh, also getting finger banged. Finger but girls banged, don't banged have a in the ass. Yeah, but maybe she just likes the nerve endings in the anal wall. Okay, sure. She says, after I pull out, I wipe my finger on the sheets while I'm down there. And <laughs> you usually... should get on the pillowcase. <laughs> That's better. Dude, is she saying on her sheets at her house or on your sheets at your house? I think the latter. Because think about it this way. I change my sheets like once every three weeks. Really? If they were no, shit you encrusted. you liar. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, what I'm saying is, is gentlemen, men in particular, don't change their sheets once every three days. No. So if, Not even three weeks, so if, Mr. Liar. If your significant other, okay, yeah, once a month, <laughs> I'd maybe change my sheets. Seriously? But if your girl... Three months. You go three months without changing your sheets? I'm not saying nothing. This is coming from the same guy who doesn't use one of those sanitary yards when he takes a crap at a truck stop. It's just flaky skin, people. So anyway, what happens if your girlfriend was uh, fond of wiping her shit-encrusted finger on your sheets. You'd then probably I would change wash them every often. day, yeah. <laughs> so she says, after I pull out, I wipe my finger on the sheets while I'm down there and usually keep that hand on the sheets or a pillow for the rest of the fun. This usually isn't very long because intense orgasms are never far behind. Post-sex cleanup starts with some hand soap. It's probably a good idea. This is definitely an after-shower activity for someone with a healthy digestive system. If you give this a try after a night of beer drinking and wet farts, of course it's going to be gross and uncomfortable. Also, short, smooth nails are important because small cuts in the sensitive skin can be dangerous as well as uncomfortable. I hope this helps. Keep up the good work. D-N-G-R-S-W-M-N-2000. Is this a robot? <laughs> this is an android. I think her name is Mrs. Unpronounceable. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Unpronounceable here who enjoys finger in the butt. Finger in the butt. Finger in the butt. Right. You know, I understand. I understand that uh, it's pleasurable. I, I fully acknowledge that it's pleasurable. I've heard from my brother that he thinks it's one of his favorite things next to um, playing video games. But um, Brown paper packages wrapped up in strings and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and finger in the butt. <laughs> That's his the favorite thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But so what I'm saying is I fully understand that. I still don't want a finger in my ass. I always knock it away. I'm just I mean, not interested the, do, in it. Do, do, I'm just not do interested. the many ladies that pursue D. Simon, do they try? No, I've had I've had a couple that have went down there and, and just And you kind do of, that SWAT thing. You're like, you I'm get just like, hand no, going I'll, I'll say, I'll be like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Or maybe down between your legs, you're like, no, put your hand somewhere else. But then again, though, it's kind of a double standard because I expect to stick my finger in their butt. Well, they're already getting stuffed. 
Yeah, exactly. There, there is there. The thing. Okay, here's the crucial difference. Let <laughs> me, me let me cru- differentiate. Tell this. me what it's differentiated by, please. A, a woman's bunghole is a clean, pink, quivering rabbit nose. They're not all pink. Okay, pinkish. <laughs> Think about it, though. I mean, it's like they're shaved. They're pristine. They're quivering they, little okay, tight pristine little pristine and shaved i will give you that but not a pink. guy's butthole is not all hairy girls are, not all girls are white okay uh, yeah okay all right i'm not saying okay but it's pink on the inside they're all pink on the inside but what i'm saying is a guy's true. on the in comparison a guy's butthole is hairy it's full of dingleberries and guys aren't washed There's like curry burns curry i mean regardless i know what comes out of my own ass i don't want my girl my girlfriend sticking her finger in my asshole. No, I'm sorry. It's like the toxic Avenger. It exactly. And psychologically it just bothers me and ruined the whole sex act. Call me a prude, call me what you will. I don't want a foreign finger in my ass. And that goes for Meaning, doctors too. What about your finger? No, I don't okay, I don't I don't no, want any a finger. finger. Okay. No fingers, no sure. insertion, no anal sure. insertion whatsoever. Yeah. That's it was all a malapropism, but but you know, we all I have insight into your psyche. Now. I don't hold it. We against. all know how you masturbate when you because <laughs> it's not a foreign finger. Are you saying Freudian slip? Um, not. I'm not holding it against somebody who enjoys that activity. And go right ahead. And you know, girls who are willing to do that, my hats off to you because you're probably a fun girl to have in the sack. I've never seen you wear a hat, so I don't yeah. know what proverbial hat you're talking about. Okay, but. <laughs> my uh, metaphorical hat. Sure. But no, I'm saying is there probably a fun girl to have in the sack? Me personally, I don't want a finger in the butt. No finger in the butt. A finger in the butt? Finger in the butt. Finger in the fucking butt? (laughs) Second email here came from uh, Kitty from England. She says, I was introduced to the show by my friend Ginge. It's probably a ginger. I've been listening for about half a year, but I've listened to all the previous episodes. See, I already thought that you guys were fucking awesome, but when you started talking about the mighty boosh... You got mega points. I thought only English people got the crazy <laughs> subtle humor, so kudos to you. It's not subtle. It is The last subtle. thing the mighty, mighty Bush is is subtle. No, it's exactly. in your face. There is no subtlety. And I think that's why it appeals to Americans, and that's why uh, yeah. you know, they just came Pretty over colors, here. invaded the USA. Lights. Anywho, I thought I'd let you know about a story that happened to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago. We were having a party at his house, and we all got pretty wasted. We ended up going to bed or passing out around 3 a.m., when we woke up in the morning, we could smell something really disgusting, and none of us could work out where it was coming from, but one of my friends was missing. Eventually, after a couple of hours of searching, we turned over a cushion on the sofa to find an enormous shit stain. I'm not even talking a small puddle. I'm talking shit fireworks. It had managed to seep through the entire cushion and into the sofa. It was disgusting. What had happened was that the guy who was missing... I got so fucking wasted that he'd end up shitting himself while asleep on the sofa. Woke up, was so embarrassed, he just went home, and we haven't heard from him since. Uh, this email would include some wonderful pictures of myself, but I've heard you mention that you don't accept them from girls under 18. We don't. That's true. Even though I'm only a few months away, I don't want to get you guys shat on by the law, even though I'm pretty sure it's legal over here. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Take him in three months. Three months. And I'll make s- him super raunchy. I also overheard you're not that into goth chicks. Maybe Wackerly isn't, but I certainly am. Personally, I think goth chicks are hot and goth guys as well, I suppose. I'll leave you open to, to debate my sexuality. Peace, brothers, kitty. I, I don't even know what there is to debate there. Well, I do have something to say. Have you ever shat yourself drunk? 
No, it's it's never happened. Neither have I. Yeah, I've urinated myself several times, but I've never oh, yeah, actually yeah. shat myself Every drunk. Summer. But you I, know why? Because people get drunk, especially if they're in some goth emo crowd. They're like, oh, I have to shit, but I can't do it. But I'm super wasted at the same time. I'm just going to hold it and get drunker and drunker and fall asleep. Just shit. And plus, think about this. Just get if, if you If you're embarrassed to shit, have another beer till you're more drunk and then just shit in the toilet. And think, when people say, ooh, that smells, just be like, yeah, it fucking smells, that shit, whatever. But think about the drain pipes that they're wearing. It's got to, like... It compresses the shit. Yeah. I and mean, once it's, you take them com- off, that's when they all come out. And then and that's the probably, turns. yeah, it's probably, it's like the guy probably shit himself in the drain pipes, those tight black jeans, probably compressed the shit. And it shot out, like, a hot jet of feces. Hot jet of liquid goodness, as uh, our buddy, the insurance agent, would say. Right. But, but you know what, though? You got to give it to the guy... You're at your, you know, friend's house or whatever, or, you know, friends that happen to be girls. Mates. You shit their couch. You're not going to go upstairs or wait for them to wake up and be like, I'm so sorry. I just, <laughs> I, I totally <laughs> just like completely shit all over your yeah. couch. It's no. in a cushion. You'd be like, mystery shit. I would be like, okay. Who shit the couch? Mystery shit. <laughs> Phantom shitter. But seriously, I would at that point be like, you know what? I enjoyed being friends with you while we while we were friends, but the friendship's <laughs> over now. I'm going to disappear. We're never going to speak again. This never no, happened. Never, never. Never happened. When you see me at the club, I don't know you. Yeah. You don't know me. I don't know you. It's best that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the fact of the matter is they can post it on Facebook all you want, but you can always deny it because you're not in the picture. Wasn't me? It wasn't me. Exactly. So thank you, Kitty, uh, for listening. And, yeah, three months from now when you're 18 of legal age here in the U.S. of A., you can send us the, as many naked pictures as you want to. Put a copy of your birth certificate right next to your naked jugs. Because we do not accept pictures from any girls <laughs> under 18. And that goes for guys out there, too. So no one under 18, no minors, are allowed to send us anything. No. Nope. Right? Um, before I get to uh, uh, the Stick and Wrong Song of the Week here, Wackley, I want to say a big thank you to a guy named Trencher, who sent us this paramedics DVD. You know, it's been at the P.O. Box for about three weeks. Cause... I know, and I just went to get it, and I was very very disappointed in myself for letting it languish there for so long. You know, if I survive the camping trip this weekend, I want to check it out. So it's a, it's a whole DVD of paramedics' true stories here. Trencher writes in, Hey, guys, uh, just wanted to say keep up the good work with the podcast. Thought you might like this paramedic DVD. See ya, Trencher. So thank you, Trencher, for uh, sending it in. And yeah. You know, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing the life of a paramedic first. Well, with my medical phobias, I'm not going to like it. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'll get some clockwork orange, like little devices yeah, for your eyes. Yeah, so force me to, to watch observe. It. People, if you haven't already, check out the Sick and Wrong forum. Right now, there's like, I don't know, almost 2,700 people on there. Something like that. Sure, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people. The uh, It's growing every day. Um, one, one of the couple threads that I've noticed that of note here that I want to point out did you see the fat Marilyn Manson pictures that someone posted? No, I didn't. <laughs> dude, he, looks like, he just looks like a fat goth chick. Well, yeah, he's chubby now. No, dude, he's totally chubby. I, I went he to, still has a hot girlfriend. I imagine he has many hot girlfriends. But I went to, I saw Slayer open up for Marilyn Manson a couple weeks ago at this metal festival. Why would that be the, the order of the, I don't, I did not Ridiculous. understand it. And, and what was funny about it is half the crowd split 
after uh, Slayer was done. And the As other it half. Be. Well, the other half kept yelling throughout his set, Slayer, you're yeah. fat. Slayer, yeah. you're yeah. fat. Whoever put that together was a retard. Yeah, it made no sense. But I, I, was, I was astonished to see Marilyn Manson come out still trying to wear the same outfits that he wore when he was thin. Well, he has no shame. And he's you a give pig. Him that. So uh, go check out pictures of fat Marilyn Manson. Also, uh, if you haven't already, a listener, actually, I don't want to take full credit for this, but a listener sent me a link to a Vice magazine video called Asses of the Caribbean, and I posted it on the forum. You should watch it. And I know a lot of people will find the uh, title somewhat misleading because they're thinking Asses of the Caribbean, sweet, a bunch of hot chicks. Well... It's not exactly hot chicks, but it's really funny. So people join up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. There's a link to it right off of our main page. I'd like to thank everybody out there for subscribing to the show on iTunes, giving us all the comments, and really supporting the show. Giving us a lot more visibility. And, uh, Wack, I don't know if you noticed, but we were up to number 14 yeah, this past I did week. Notice. So uh, you're really helping I us out. Giddy. Get us in the top 10. A lot of people find out about us through iTunes. Also, if, you're not, if you don't already own a Sick and Wrong t-shirt... What are you waiting for, man? Come on. Be a true fan. Wear a Sick and Wrong t-shirt. You can get one right at the Sick and Wrong store, right off the main page. And uh, yeah, you'd be the envy of all your friends. Except you know, for your friends who have the shirt. Yeah, except for the ones that already have the shirt. Then you'll just be part of the club. Then you'll be part of the swarm. Uh, finally here, the Sick and Wrong song of the week was sent in by Callie. She says, I'm a new listener, so I'm backtracking to the beginning of the feed. In episode, I've never heard it being called The Feed, but I kind of like that. Right. In episode nine, it's a long time ago, y'all covered a story about the uh, German cannibal, the master butcher named Army Muse. I just wanted to bring a song called Mein Teal to your attention. It's a little over four and a half minutes long. I guess it wouldn't warrant the attention of Muse Lawyer like a movie, but the lyrics will still make you cringe. It's actually a Rammstein song called uh, Mein Teal, and it's about the master butcher. And so a couple of lyrics here, it's, she writes in, um, looking for a well-built 18 to 30-year-old to be slaughtered, the master butcher. Today I'll meet a gentleman. He likes me so much he could eat me up. Soft parts and even hard ones are on the menu. Thanks, Callie. Nice. You know, I don't think a, I even had pubes in episode nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I think I've matured since My balls then. hadn't dropped yet. Although it's, it's, it's good to know that we still take so much enjoyment in shit stories. That's nice. We haven't <laughs> changed that much. So we're going to end the show here with a Rammstein song called Mind Teal. Thank you, uh, Callie, for sending that in. Uh, people, we'll be back next week, provided that we do survive the uh, wilderness horror trip going on, also known as camping. Well, I'll survive. Yeah. Well, actually, we already know we'll survive. You, not only are you a survivalist. You might survive within my body. In my digestive tract, but you won't be talking. <laughs> Dude, adamandeve.com will come to my rescue, okay? Yeah, they will. They'll be like the shining. The chopper. Yeah. They'll come with the chopper and the dildo rope ladder thing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, provided that we do survive this camping trip, we'll be back next week with episode 188. Till then, take a seat.
Sit 